Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 230. Good evening to you. Welcome to our live audience here on Facebook. Proud member of the Education Podcast Network, Voice Ed Radio Canada, or wherever you are taking in your podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to be here in the home office uh, on a beautiful, uh, what's tonight, Tuesday night show number 230. Happy holidays, happy Thanksgiving, and it is holiday time, so it's nice to uh, uh, be with friends. If you are watching the show live, come jump in the show. Come meet our guest today, Brenda Hilton. Brenda uh, uh, is a member of the Big Ten. Brenda is a leader in her own right in so many different ways. Uh, She is the Big Ten Senior Director of Officiating, she is the founder of Walk Where You Are Foundation, and she's also uh, the founder of Officially Human, which we're going to talk a lot about today, an organization that supports uh, officiating, supports uh, youth sports and, and the growth of officials through that. And I'm so interested to hear about the work she's doing to grow officials, uh, to keep our sports going, right? It's a, it is a what's the word, uh, unappreciated thing until the ref doesn't show up, right? And and People are not showing up more and more because of the conditions of youth sports today, Uh, the lack of training, the lack of support, as Brenda and I were talking off air uh, for officials. And she, like she said, someone's got to support these guys and uh, gals, and and she's doing that on and off the court. So we will meet Brenda in a moment. The sponsor of today's show is me. That's right. I do want to highlight a little sale I got going on. Uh, I'm not a book salesperson but I do have my books on sale for the holidays, Uh, two for 30, three for 45. It's on my website, andrewmarada.com. And uh, use the code there. It's scrolling on the bottom, survive, thrive, holiday. Uh, And you can pick these up. I'll sign them for you. Uh, We got Taylor. Nope, that's the principal, right? School leadership, the partnership for uh, young parents supporting their kids through their K-12 journey. And then certainly Tales from the Hardwood, which we'll talk a little bit about today. Leadership from my time on the court. Again, that code is Survive Thrive Holiday. And those are on my website. I'll personalize them for you. And uh, I hope you'll jump in there and order. So let's get started. The opening concept. And we're going to talk to Brenda about this. uh, But the name of her foundation, Walk Where You Are. Um, We're going to ask her about her husband and his journey uh, with MS and his struggle there. Um, and I want to learn about that and try to support Brenda and her family uh, there. But I love the saying, I love the name of it, walk where you are, being present uh, where you are, being present in your, you know, the games that you're refing, the schools you're working, wherever it is that you are to be present uh, for your people. Certainly now, right, Thanksgiving, the holidays time, thinking about uh, giving uh, to others, right, it becomes very commercial. Uh, but when we can give others our gifts and talents, when we can support other people by helping them out, helping them on their journey, 
Um, I really like that message and uh, wanted to highlight that, highlight that this evening as well as talk to Brenda about that. Enough of me talking. Let's bring in the star of today's show, show number 230, Brenda Hilton. Welcome, Brenda. Hi, good to see you. Hello. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. That was probably way more than you needed to say. And I'll pay you off off the air for that. that was sure. It. You want me to blink the lights and uh, get the music <laughs> right, going again? Right, right. Right. I like the music. I like the music. Guys, this is Brenda Hilton. Uh, she is the founder of Officially Human. Uh, she is, um, uh, again, the founder of Walk Where You Are Foundation and is currently the Big Ten Senior Director of Officiating. Brenda, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening as well. And uh, again, if you're watching live, certainly jump in, introduce yourself and, and, and a question for Brenda. But Brenda, let's start. Uh, you know, you've been around the game of basketball, the college basketball, serving in a number of different roles, uh, support, uh, and you know, now the senior director of officiating. What would you say, and again, not just the guys and girls on the court, but what would you say are the top three leadership characteristics that you've learned over the years from administrators to the game managers uh, to the officials themselves that that uh, that you see shine through as the best leadership characteristics? You know, it's it's interesting because when when you are so entrenched in this space for so many years, you learn very quickly who who are those officials that you want to associate yourself with and who are the ones that you just kind of want to keep at an arm's length. And the three things I would say is ethics, number one. Uh, I think all officials have to be incredibly ethical and in what they do. They have to be honest with themselves and with all the people around them. And they have to love what they do. And th those th that, that combination will make a very successful official on and off the courts and fields. Yeah. And you can see those uh, manifest themselves on the court in their work? Yeah, you you really can. One of the things that I, I really started enjoying doing when I when I would watch officials, just not just in basketball, but all sports, were they comfortable out there? How were they how were they communicating with the coaches, with the players? And when you when you watch them, you'll see if they are really into this, you, you know, the people that are just going through the motions, they're, they're not going to be there. They're, they're not going to get to the highest level. Yeah. You have to want to be there. You have to love what you're doing. And the big 10 is certainly the highest level. Uh, so much activity in college sports today. And the big 10 <laughs> has become, you know, coast to coast here. Tell me about this expansion and, and, you know, the big 10 getting into California now, like, What's happening there, and, and what do you think about that? Uh, you know, changing the landscape of college sports. Well, I think I think at the end of the day, there's so many unknowns in the world of college sports that everybody is trying to make sure that they are setting their current institutions up and their student athletes up for success for the future, as well as um, not leaving anybody. And I don't behind is the wrong word, probably, but you want to make sure that all student athletes have have an opportunity to succeed and and be successful in in their sports and their sports to continue at at a very high level. And when you know, I wasn't in the room when when that expansion um, discussion was happening, but I very, very excited for the future, yeah. 
and it really is is groundbreaking. Uh, literally, mm -hmm. uh, you got people from Rutgers going to be flying out to USC to compete, and uh, uh, coast to coast is is very exciting. Brendan, talk to me about some of your responsibilities for your position as the senior director uh, officiating uh, in your role now. Mm -hmm. So. Um, right now I'm, I'm in men's basketball and, and football, and I, I do a lot of the work off the courts and fields. So any of the administrative work I do, but the other part of my role is I, I serve kind of as a advisor, a strategic advisor to our chief sports officer. And in, in that role, I'm looking at the landscape of, uh, officiating from, low college, uh, mid-major college, and high college. What is going on in, in, in the space? Is, is soccer changing the way that they, they, uh, they assign and they pay? Is volleyball changing? Is baseball changing? So I, I, I have a pulse on all of that, not just football and, and men's basketball. And in the football space, I work with our um, coordinator of officials, and I do a lot of the organizing of clinics. Um, we have a diversity clinic coming up in January. That is really exciting because we're, we're partnering with the NFL combine. And in that we bring in 50 diverse individuals, men and women who are interested in officiating at a higher level. They're, they're usually the high school, um, division three level, and they want to learn more and we mm. want to mentor them. And it's a really, really good program. I'd love to see that program go to all sports because it's one of the best in the country. That's awesome. And, and I love that you're using the word mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, really, you talked about officials being comfortable, right? And I tell a lot of stories uh, in my book about mm -hmm. great mentors who, who led me and shared. And we were talking a little bit about Roger Ayers. So tell me, what are you seeing with your officials in the Big Ten and the, and the other conferences? What are some of the things that you're seeing in mentorship that they're doing to help groom these younger officials? Well, I think a lot of that is um, having speakers come in and talk at these clinics. Everybody has to go to a clinic. And when when you have somebody that they can, can connect with, and, you know, I always think about maybe it's not it, – maybe it's not – Brenda Hilton that they're going to connect with. So don't bring Brenda Hilton in twice, bring somebody else in. And that is one thing that we do really, really well is mix it up, have different people come in and provide resources to them. Who else can they talk to? Yeah. I mean, there's so many on field experiences that they can share and that, uh, and Brenda, you're, you're helping officials through that method, but also 2019, you, decided to do something here that I, I'm just so impressed with. I'm so uh, happy to learn about and certainly want to help promote. But tell us about Officially Human and the work you're doing there to try to support officials. Sure. I'll, I'll give you the, the short version. Uh, when you, all three of your kids are out of the house and you're empty nesters and you trying to figure out what to do with your time. Um, in, in 2018, I, stuck, I stepped away from men's basketball officiating at the big 10. And I was only, I was the senior director of building services. And I had enough people tell me, you better not leave the space. You love it too much. You're, you're one of our supporters. You've always been there for us. And um, so on a Saturday morning, I said, well, we might as well try to do something about this and talk to my husband about it the next day. And he's like, 
if you can say that in front of a hundred people, you can sell it because your pa your passion is real. And so um, within a couple days, he had the trademark, he had the, the website, he was working on a logo. I mean, he was, he was all in and um, we didn't know what we were going to do. And everybody would ask us, how are you going to monetize it? And I'm like, I'm not really worried about monetize. I, I just want to make a difference in the world. And so one of the things, first things we did was we sent out a survey to state high school associations that would agree to send it out. And it was a 53 question survey and it returned uh, 19,000 responses. Wow. So then you get 19,000 responses and you want to know what to do with those. Well, working at the Big Ten and knowing a lot of colleges, I reached out to a couple of the people that I knew at universities and um, IUPUI. They broke down the data for us. And so then we had the data and we kind of knew a high level idea of what was going on in the landscape. And then we took that and um, listened to more, more because then COVID hit and we wrote a course called Elevate Respect. And it's an interactive course and and our customer base is really um, high schools and uh, below. So youth organizations, because we feel that if we can get to the parents, the younger parents, when they're, when their children are at the youth level and they can understand and we can educate them on what it is to become an official and what it takes and the crisis that's really happening across the country and around the world right now, mm -hmm. if we can help educate people that and raise awareness, then, then that's what we want to do. And that's what, how we have to do it. Now uh, we did that. We took it to market in May of 21 and we found out that, um, everybody wants the problem fixed, but not a lot of people want to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So then we went down the route of, all right, maybe we need to find some sponsors. So we went out and we found some sponsors and we were giving the program away. And then we found out that people didn't like the click through version. They wanted a press play version. So we, we reworked it again. And so now we actually have both versions of it. And, um, happy to say that we did um, just sign on with the NCAA and they will, um, I'm actually going to attend the NCAA convention in January and um, they're going to talk about it there. They haven't ruled it out yet, but um, we were able to um, have an instructional designer update it and so make it for their market. So that's one of the things that we can do is we can take the program and we can alter it and, and modify it to whatever customer. Um, and the other, the other thing that we really worked on was who, who is a voice? Who is, who are the voices in, in the officiating space? Who, who can really connect with people? And, um, I think you've probably seen the Gene Steratore video that just went out and, uh, Brian Barlow's in there and he's really well known in the, in the soccer space and he has offside. So, you know, just trying to tr find different ways to connect with people. And that is the biggest thing. Not everybody's going to walk into your gymnasium and say, oh, wow, there's an official human sign. Yeah, we need to be nice to the officials. We have to we have to try a lot of different avenues to resonate with people. And, you know, just like your logo creates conversation, we want the officially human logo to create conversation that that somebody in the in the stands is saying, hey, you know what? We just went through that program and there's not enough officials out there. We have to 
we have to humanize them. Support the officials. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always noticed, uh, you know, going into a gym as an official, the, the team that had won an award from the officials organization for sportsmanship. Uh, mm -hmm. I always thought that was a great recognition. Uh, but it's interesting to hear you talk about seeing the logo on the wall in a, an arena to impact their behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think the other thing that we're, we're trying to do, and I don't think we're trying to do it, we are trying to do it. Um, we, we talk about it all the time. 95% of the fans in the stands are really, really good. It's that, mm -hmm. you know, 5% or below that, that are, are getting all the attention right now. So how do we deflect that attention from them? And how do we empower the 95% to say, Hey, you know, you got to knock it off. And, and, and if we can get that down to four or, or 3%, then we're going to make, we're going to make a difference. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the social media aspect, and we'll get to that, but the social media aspect is nothing for this space. And, and Brenda, tell, you know, you mentioned the 19,000 uh, responses there and the data. What were some things that jumped out when you looked at the data that's impacting, as you use the word crisis? Like what, what are some things that are standing out that are causing people to not do it anymore? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll take it a different route. Two stats, 70% of the respondents officiate for the love of the game. So we need to scream that from the mountaintops. 12% of the respondents were under the age of 34. Mm. So when you, when you take those two alone and you can, you can take those, obviously they're, they're varying, they're different ideas, but if you can take those and you can say this to a group of parents at a parent meeting, just so you know, only 12% of our officials are under the age of 34. Anybody want to sign up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, you yeah. know, my daughter's 12. She plays soccer now. And you always hear about soccer. It's like the worst, you know, the soccer. Uh, but they, there was a young kid. He was 15 ref in the game and yeah he missed he missed a few whistles right it, he, he did it was obvious uh but what happened was just it was gut-wrenching to watch the sideline mm -hmm. go crazy he wound up canceling the game you know the girls were wait at one of your games yeah one of my daughter's games yeah it was awful it was terrible i felt i still i cringe thinking about it yeah yeah, yeah. and the other thing that i think is happening in I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but I've, I've been contacted by, by some organizations that are saying, hey, our organization is now forcing us to use said website mm -hmm. to assign. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know that these assigners are very veteran in what they do, and they don't necessarily want to change. So I think society, we, as organizers, we have to be a little bit patient with trying to change everything and and what is the focus is the focus on humanizing is it on recruiting is it on retention is it on software is it on making money so all these things are factoring into youth sports and we yeah. just we've kind of lost sight of what our priorities are mm -hmm. that's interesting yeah and I'm, you hear about the monetizing my kids are starting to get involved in these leagues where you're paying and they're, 
there's an A level and a B level and a C level and a D level. And like, what, what's happening here? You know, you, used right. to like, you made the team and you're off you went, but it's a little different now. Uh, but yeah. certainly the state of officiating. I appreciate your message there. Uh, and we're going to help you get it out here uh, through my program and, and certainly where we can. And because uh, um, it is important, right? You talked about your grandkids and you'll be going to those soccer games and watching those officials, knowing that you help support them. So. Um, I'm really proud of, uh, of you and your mission here. Uh, I'm also very curious to hear about another foundation that you started here. I mentioned it to open up, um, walk where you are, uh, you and your husband's journey here. You started that in 2015. Will you share a little bit about uh, your story here? Sure. So, um, my husband was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2003 and, um, we didn't tell anybody about it for quite a few years because he was in the professional world. And we all know that, you know, we, there's bias everywhere. So we wanted to be very careful and he, his career was taking off. He's a, a CFO. And um, so in 2014, he actually ended up having to retire because it had progressed enough that he just couldn't do what he was doing anymore. And, um, we sold our house and we bought a ranch home and we modified our home so he could get around. He travels in a mobility scooter. And we just had always talked to like, what are we doing? Like we have to, we are fortunate that we can buy a scooter and alter our cars and have a chairlift in our home. But what about the people that can't? And what mm -hmm. about the research? And so we talked about doing, you know, part of the MS society walk. And I'm like, no, Tim, people don't want to go to organized walks. They do it because they know you, but they don't want to do it. So we came up with this concept of walk where you are. So the first weekend in May of every year, we ask people to go out and walk a mile um, and just think about those that cannot go out and walk a mile. And it kind of took off. And then when COVID hit, the MS Society actually reached out to us and said, can you tell us how you organize that? Mm. And so they, they, kind of set their walks now from our model and we have a logo and you know, we're all about like, logos here. Yeah. You like the logo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we actually had a, a friend of ours. That's a graphic designer draw it for us. Tim kind of knew what he wanted. And, yeah. and so we, we did an auction in 2019 and raised $23,000, just a little local auction here. And that went to the MS society. So, I mean, it's it, do for others what, you know, what they can't do. And yeah. it, you sure do feel good when you do something like that. Look at you just making these things happen. <laughs> like uh, it's, it's really uh, impressive. How, if people want to learn more, Brenda, or make a donation, um, where can they go to for that? Um, they can actually just email um, Brenda at Officially Human and we'll get them to the right, the right location. We'll do our walk in May again okay. and you know we sell t-shirts for twenty dollars we we have some sponsors that sponsor the t-shirts and we sell those and we ask people to take pictures of them themselves and put them on social media yeah. and tag us yeah yeah well good for you and uh, uh certainly supporting your husband and, and doing these things here uh it's really nice to see and meet someone who is is really reaching out uh, beyond their walls to uh, make some good things happen for people so that's that's impressive brendan Thank you. Thank you. It's fun. It's, yeah. it's really fun. And it's really rewarding when you see people um, that they know that they can't fix it, but they can go out and they can support what you're doing. And um, we, last time we did it was 19, but we used to have a big party here 
on that first, the Sunday of May. And we had a caterer that deliver that would donate the food and we'd just have a big party here after everybody went and walked. And that's awesome. That's fantastic. Brenda, how about you? You're, you're involved with the Big Ten organization. you got these things going on. How do you continue to sharpen your saw? You know, things that you do to continue to keep you moving forward. Um, missions like this and listening to people and talking to anybody that will listen about this crisis. It's simply amazing how many people don't know what what this crisis is and what it means for youth, the, the future of youth sports. And, you know, building those relationships with people, whether it's, you know, through the Big Ten or walk where you are or officially human, it's being a good person and and really understanding what somebody else is going through as well. And just keep just keep talking to people. Keep listening. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, just hearing you talk again, the word crisis. Right. I watched that kid in that game and I said, there's no way this kid is ever going to officiate again. Like he's probably mm-hmm. never saying I never want to experience that again. Um, whereas I had amazing mentors that if I had a rough experience, I was a little older. You know, they kind of tell you to get out, you know, ways to kind of get out of it and uh, to watch it at the youth, youth level right now. This crisis that you're talking about, it, it was it's. It's very upsetting to watch it happening. And, you, you know, you want to start yelling on the sideline, hey, stop. But then there's a, a brawl breaks out then, you know, it's like. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think I think that is what is um, spooking the 95 percent a little bit is they mm-hmm. don't know what that that 5 percent is going to do. And, you know, five is probably a little bit high, but um what is that 5% going to do? And now I do have a lot of people reach out to me and say, can you just only publish good things? Like there's so much good that happens in youth sports, but we, we tend to only um, videotape the, the people getting attacked or the fight in the stands. And so how do we work together to change that mentality as well? That, mm-hmm. okay, the bad stuff doesn't need to be out there. But our society is so entrenched and so enthralled with bad. Yeah. And and we have to change it. We have yeah. to. Well, and you're doing that and, and social media can be used for that uh, that message, right? There's a there's a dark cloud there over social media, mm-hmm. but it, it, it can be, you know. Um, Brenda, we've mentioned mentorship a few times and, and you've had a number of strong mentors in your life. Let's start with your parents. Um, you had shared uh, in our questionnaire just about your parents and their work ethic. Can you talk a little bit about them? So, yes. And I'll actually talk about both sets of our parents because um, they're both still with us, which is nice. great. Nice. And um, my mother-in-law always did home daycare and my father-in-law always worked blue collar jobs. My mom and dad always worked blue collar jobs Um, my dad had a home construction business and my grandfather had a bridge building business and we all had to work in the family business. And I will tell you, that is where I learned my incredible work ethic because you learn that you don't want to be out at 5 AM on a hot summer day, oiling forms. You you don't want to do that. Some people want to do that. I did not want to do that. (laughs) But when you, when you think about that, um, and you watch your parents, work so hard. And, and I'll tell you, I know my mom, she, 
she ran a jackhammer. She was not going to let anybody tell her she could not do any job and she's paying for it, you know, now because she has a horrible back and, you know, she just wasn't going to do that. And I think about, gosh, I don't, I can't remember ever coming home from school and not having a meal made. I mean, she, she worked all day, hard road construction and our house was immaculate. And we always had dinner on the table and we always ate dinner together. And I'm like, how in the world did she do that? <laughs> but that's what they did. And yeah. Tim's parents are the same way. I mean, just hard, hard working people. Amazing that it almost, you, know, you feel like, oh, well, it's different now. Well, yeah. Is it, and it's not better. We're missing these meals. We're running around these practices and stuff. Uh, we're blessed yeah. when we can have that, uh, that family dinner. How about uh, your a mentor of yours, your first boss, Gloria Whitaker? Uh, you had mentioned oh. her as well. Yeah. So I moved up. Tim and I moved, got married and moved to Chicago in 1993. And I am from a small town in central Illinois and had a twang. And I got this job at Deluxe Check Printers. And she was this woman, she'd come by and she'd put her hand on my head and be like, Brenda, I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Like, what am I doing wrong? And she, <laughs> and I still to this day talk to her. And this was, you know, back in 1993 when I started there, but I'm sorry, 90, 1991, but she was just a down to earth. She was a single mom. She raised her son. He's a pastor now. He's got a slew of kids. She just knew how to handle me. And there's not very many people that do kind of crazy, <laughs> but she was, she's just a very special person to me. That's awesome. And you, you folks are still uh, uh, with you and, and she's still with you and they're in your life. That's uh, really great. And that it's nice to hear that you're carrying on these lessons that you learned from them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, we can all, we all face tragedy. We all face hurdles. It's who do you surround yourself with? Um, because if you're going to surround yourself with a bunch of Debbie Downers, then you, you're going to be down. Yeah. But if you surround yourself with, um, I want to say good Christian people that can lift you up when you are down. And, uh, I tell people all the time, you know, when they, they suffer the loss of somebody very close to them, you can stay in bed one day, but if you get to day two, you need to call me because I'll come over and get you out of bed. Mm. And it's because you have to be that you have to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and driven and have the same values. And they're out there. Some people want to say they're not out there. They're out there. You yeah. have to seek them though. Agree for sure. Yeah. Um, Brenda, we get a lot of athletic directors, a lot of school leaders that watch the program uh, and they're listening to you today. Again, if you're watching live, certainly jump in, ask a question, leave a comment. Um, what would be your message to athletic directors, uh, school leaders, uh, when they are hosting events at their at their games, uh, what would you say that you know could be one, two, three things that they can do in that crowd, in that space, uh, to help support the officials and help respect the game? So, first of all, thank you to all the athletic directors because I think that is a thankless job um, to to anybody that takes that task on. Um, I think. I think one thing that we can do is start before a season, get, get to these parents before the season. And, you know, we do it all the time. We, we, we sign the um, sportsmanship policy. Well, 
have them sign that sportsmanship policy and remind them of that sportsmanship policy more than once a season and have them, if, if somebody isn't acting up, let's talk about it. Let's, let's have a conversation. And, and I'm, I'm not insulting anybody on this call. Um, but I think we have to communicate more. We have to, we really have to increase our communication. And sometimes it's not through an email. It's not through a text message. It's face to face. And I know those are hard and, and parents, you know, especially the parents that are kind of the, the bad parents, you know, that are acting out, we don't want, we have to find a way to get to them. And maybe it's not the athletic director. Maybe it's a different coach. Maybe it's somebody else, but we have to try all these different avenues to get to them. And, and time is of, of the essence and everybody is busy and we're busier than ever, but I think we have to find the right way to get to them. Yeah. I think it's important, right? right. The five minutes before the game versus a, some sort of preseason meeting, some sort of gathering. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Brenda, we're up against rapid fire here coming down the stretch of the program. But before we do that, what was something that uh, you wanted to talk about that I did not ask you about? Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you that I love this book. Oh, thank you. And I was I was amazed at how many people I knew in there over, <laughs> yeah. over the years. So very, very good. And it's fun to read those stories. I think that there's so many times that um, people don't, they don't understand the stories, the brotherhood, the sisterhood of, yeah. of officiating. And if we can also scream that from the mountaintops and get get more people to talk about officiating in, in whatever class and figure out the way to talk about the great money that you can make and the, the mentors and the, the, the lifelong friendships that you can have. I, one of the big 10 referees is retiring this year from football after 24 years Wow! and we're collecting letters and the number of letters that people send. It's just, if we can, we can keep, keep spreading that message about what a great craft this is for people. Yeah. Yeah, so true, and uh, uh, nice to hear the recognition there. And our friend J.D. Collins uh, wrote such an amazing excerpt talking about what it is, right, what it is. And he says, you know, absorb chaos, create yeah. calm, and provide hope, right, those three things. And it's got nothing to do with the rules, right? Right. Uh, but really, when they walk off the court, if a referee can do that uh, for the fans, for the players, for the coaches, absorb the chaos, create calm, and provide hope. Uh, I love that. And it was so good. I made it the last chapter of the book. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you to, to talk about JD for a minute. He has been a dear, dear friend. And, um, when I worked with him, when I was at the Midcon in the summit league, when he came to a game, it was his job mm. and he was very serious about his job. And every once in a while I'd be like, boy, that guy is really uptight. What is the deal? And I didn't tell him until after he wasn't officiating anymore. I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't sure about you, but he has been an incredible mentor in this space and, and been very, very good to officially human and, and walk where you are. He's been a you know huge supporter of that. And I'll tell you a quick story. I know we got to go here. Um, the officiating community, when we started walk where you are, the Midwest officials association gave us a very, very nice donation. Mm. And you think you, that won't come around the next year and somebody else steps up. So people, people want to give, they want to help. Beautiful to hear. And, uh, you know, like you said, put yourself around good people. Uh, Brenda, let's hit rapid fire. These are quick whistles. This is us coming down the stretch. Are you ready? 
Ready. Here we go. Last book you read. Tales of the Hardwood. <laughs> I heard it's good. I heard it's on sale. On <laughs> That's right. That's right. You can get all three for $45. <laughs> Last movie you saw. Um, the Fugitive. Good movie. It, if it's on, I'm watching it. <laughs> uh, favorite dish? Oh, homemade mac and cheese, hands down. Mm, nice. Favorite place to travel? Uh, wine country. Where is that in where you're located? Because I, you know, I, we got the Adirondacks here. We got where is where is that for you? A Sonoma, California. Okay, yeah, yeah. You usually go there when you to get out of the Midwest where it's freezing. That's why the Big Ten picked up those teams. You can get out there. <laughs> right, right, right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, if I'm coming to Chicago, give me some advice about the deep dish pizza. Is it knife and fork? Am I eating it like a slice? What, what am I doing? No, deep dish, you got to eat with a fork for sure. <laughs> the for best sure. officials are the best because? They're good people. Good values. The uh, journal or blog you subscribe to is? I don't really subscribe. I just peruse. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a I pet, should start. A pet peeve of yours is? Don't lie to me. Shoot me straight. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. hey, you started with that about ethics and honesty and, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, on At 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, I feel, fill in the blank. Amazing. I'm drinking my coffee. Reading, reading the news. Big Ten games are coming on at noon. Big noon. Yeah. Um, well, actually, and Illinois is playing tonight. So. Oh, nice. ACC nice. Challenge this week. Best purchase under $100 that has had a great impact on your life. Ooh. Oh. Cuisinart. Coffee maker? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's rare, yeah. it's rare you could get it under a hundred bucks. They're getting up there. Well, listen, I don't need the big one now. I just have the small one. Yeah, I'm a coffee yeah. snob, so I get it. Two words to describe yourself. Uh, straight shooter. Ooh, nice answer. One thing you're curious about. One thing I'm curious about. Why they can't find a cure for MS. Mm. God bless you. Yeah. That's, 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 you're living that life. Yeah. Yeah. I love talking to neurologists about it. I'm like, are you kidding me? You can't tell me what nerves are firing or not firing in his legs. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Something about Brenda Hilton that people do not know about. I love having a vegetable garden every year. And that is my piece to go out there and work in the garden. Nice. That's hard up in Illinois. You got the cold season like we got. What? Give me, give me your best crop. Oh gosh, sweet corn, uh, Roma tomatoes, zucchini, yellow squash. I I grow it all. Onions, yeah. potatoes. So those are good cold weather crops. Sweet corn. Yeah, you put it in April and in the fall you're pulling out. There's nothing like going out to your garden and pulling sweet corn and tomatoes, cucumbers, mm -mm, nothing like it. That's about officiating that you really have to love what you're doing. You, you have to uh, love what you're doing in your garden for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And people think I'm crazy. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. It's just peaceful to go out there and garden. 
Do you use the? I, I put the black netting down last year, and it really helped with the weeds. Do you? How do you? Do you put that on the soil? Mm -mm. I go out there and weed. You got to do it every day. Yeah, right? pretty little, much. A little tinkering. Yeah, you get you get the hoe, you know, the little rake thing, and go out there and do it. It's fine. It's relaxing. When you do the the hoe, you little rake. Do you pick? Because when they're small enough, you could just knock them out. Yeah. Do you do you flick it out of there, or is it does it die in there and you leave it? So there's certain weeds that you have to pull all the way out and put them in a garbage can and get rid of them because they will just still continue to spread. But those are the ones I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's some weeds that look like your onions and garlic, so you have to be careful of those. But yeah, it's great. It's great, great thing to do when you need to relieve stress. I'm with you. Um, give us a quote here, Brenda, uh, to uh, wrap up the show. Something inspirational for us that that you uh, a quote that you love. Patience and time. All things in life require patience and time. Beautiful, Brenda. Uh, I got your website scrolling below here. What uh, uh, you know, people to get in touch with you. What's the best way? Uh, Brenda at officiallyhuman.com. Um, that's easy. And then, and they, uh, go ahead. If, if they're a school and they want to, uh, you know, learn about your program, they want to subscribe to the program. Is that the best way? Yeah, for sure. And for then sure. the website is officiallyhuman.com. Yes, and actually on the website there is a sample of Elevate Respect. You can you can go through it and you can see what the program is about. Uh, the other thing I'll say is we have dabbled into the gear uh, sale. I call it a swag sale. Some people call it a gear sale, but we had a lot of requests, people asking us for gear. So we finally did it and that's been fun to do. And re, you know, you kind of connect with people all over the country. Officially human swag is there on officiallyhuman.com. Uh, this was Brenda Hilton. Uh, Brenda, it was an honor uh, to be with you. Uh, good luck this basketball season and certainly uh, the best to your husband, your family. And uh, happy holidays to you and uh, appreciate your message here today. Well, thank you so much for you um, and what you do and all the athletic directors out there, because like I said, it's a tough gig. It's a tough gig. We'll keep rolling, <laughs> keep surviving and thriving. This sh was show number 230. Brenda, you stay on the line a moment. Uh, again, we'll wrap up here, but I do want to share. Uh, a little sale on the website. Here they are, all three. You could get all three for 45 bucks. Uh, AndrewMarada.com, and that code is Survive Thrive Holiday. Uh, Brenda, thank you so much. We're going to sign off here on show number 230. If I can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out at Andrew Marada, uh 21 on Twitter. Keep rolling, friends. Keep surviving and thriving. Brenda, thanks for your work, and good luck with Officially Human. Good luck with uh, I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Walk where you are and certainly with the Big Ten. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We're going to sign off here. Show number 230. Happy holidays, everyone. Keep rolling, friends. Keep surviving and thriving.